previously on Night's Quest. You've tasted and seen. Would you be willing to share it? When I know I can trust you. Are you able to reach the cliff face? What was our end of the bargain again? What were we supposed to do? Freeing the big guy. Oh, fuck. We don't know how to do that? No, we don't. The stone disappears, revealing a long tunnel from within. Come and meet the imprisoned Prince of Palado. Welcome back to my YouTube channel. Don't forget to hit no, like and subscribe. Ding, ding, no. ding. Buy the merch. Got the plugs. All right. Today, where are we talking about top five craziest things that have happened in movies? Number one, Gru can jump over missiles. That's kind of weird. Number two, <laughs> Dominions. Did they oh, serve no. Hitler? That's kind of crazy. No, and number can't. three, I got my guest star here to talk about number three, hopping it over to Unicorn Daddy 69. Oh. That's a great number three craziest thing that's happened <laughs> in movies. Number three. Number 15, <laughs> Burger King foot lettuce. No, I, asked you, I specifically asked you to do number three. This is a top five. What's number three? Uh, Yeah, number three. Um... No, I'm going to need you to hype it up a little bit more. Uh, I mean, you might be new to this channel, but I need you to <laughs> hype up the tone. Number three. Yeah, there we go. Uh, hold on. Does this specifically have to do with the Despicable Me movies? It can be about like, anything. I, mean, I, just, I was kind of, it can be whatever movie you want, man. Like, it, it doesn't on, even got... need to be a movie, dude. Like, they, no, they'll just click mm-hmm. the video and just, they've already watched the ad. Yeah, so we'll I was just, like, it's fine. We can just say whatever shit you want, man. We'll just put a bunch of like red arrows and stuff on it. It'll be fine. Oh, hi. Yeah, yeah that's my editor. Oh, yeah, 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 we'll just put arrows and circles everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Random clips from trailers. Yeah, just yeah. whatever you want, man. Yeah, uh, in Despicable Me 2, uh, Johnny Depp actually makes a surprise appearance. Uh, you, you might miss it. Um, it's it? during the credits when the screen cool. is black. Cool. That's pretty weird. Number four. Weird. Number four. <laughs> Number four. This is actually an episode of Night's Quest. We got you. We tricked you. I kind of hated that, if I'm honest. That was an experience. Nathan, is this how you feel during every other cold open that we pull out some bullshit? <laughs> As you say, you're going, this is bad. Is, is, this, like is this how karma comes back around? Yeah. Wow. Welcome, everyone, to an episode of Night's Quest. Don't worry, this is not a cringy top five YouTube video with no video and just audio. I mean, it could be if, if we believe hard enough. I don't want that. <laughs> we aspire to be that one day, yeah. Don't worry, we'll never sell out like that. Ring that bell. Smash that like button. Smash that like button. Punch that like button. Devour Punch that it. like button. Let us know oh, down no. in the comments your <laughs> least favorite movie moment. <laughs> I'm not going to read them. <laughs> yeah, we're never going to address this. We're never, never going to read, read those them. comments. Oh, my God. Ever. <laughs> you can tell where I've been. You can tell what I've been doing today, watching YouTube videos. That was a, that was a lot. Well, you know what else is going to be a lot? Yeah. This episode. My, my, the fun and I'm having when we do Night's Quest. The that's fun what... and I'm having. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that sentence? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so late. I'm so tired. I'm coming off of being sick, so my voice is more weird than usual. <laughs> I've had one of the weirdest summers of my life. <laughs> Let's record some fucking Night's Quest. It's my favorite anime. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing is the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot shorter in Japanese, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I would agree with Jamie. The energy mm. and our warming up was uh, a silly one. So, mm. folks, I don't know what that's going to mean for what's about to happen. No one can say for only sure. Only be good. Only be good things for, <laughs> for this episode. Okay. Yeah. We are entering into the tallest of the Whistone Mountains. Guided by the spirit Hanus, 
into the the prison of Achenus Pentis. The party enters through a three-story opening into the face of the mountain. You said that last <laughs> you time. You said that last time. <laughs> I'm going to continue I'm, to say it. <laughs> 30-foot tall opening into the mountain. Okay. okay? Um, that had just appeared by Achenus laying his hand upon the stone. At first glance, appears like any other cave. It's dark. The walls are made of stone. Initially, Achenus leads you all into the cave, but after a while, he walks parallel to your group as there's not really much direction that it needs to be given. It's just sure, a, a sure. straight path. The hall, as I'm going to call it, again, it's already starting off pretty large, you know, 30 feet tall and right. just as wide. Uh, but it begins to expand. Hold on, 30 um, feet and three stories are two different things. A story's about 10 feet. Uh, I figured that was close enough. Is it not? I'm ballparking here, brev. In Palato, okay. a story is 10 feet. Yeah, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Don't, you're Googling this? Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, look it up. The story's 14 I'll be right. feet. It's 14 really? feet? So it's even bigger. I... That actually, I okay. did not know that. Yeah. Okay, fine. Everyone, where we have paused our little narration, <laughs> the cave starts crumbling. Oh no, we were wrong. <laughs> the dimensions. It's, <laughs> it's not thirty feet. It's bigger. It's bigger than that. The big cave expands yeah. and continues to get even <laughs> taller and even wider. And as you travel, too, a light source begins to appear in this hall, but you're not quite sure Uh-oh. where from. It's not like a a crack is letting light in from outside. There's not a fire. There's not something glowing. The room itself just is... There is something about the room that it just has light in it. As the room expands, too, there are columns that are on your left and your right as, as you walk through them. And these columns extend high up into the ceiling, and you realize that you can't see the ceiling itself anymore. Ooh, it okay. just goes up. These columns are also very large. You could probably have your entire party hold hands and all circle around these columns as they spiral and twist upward in a mother-of-pearl, ivory, marble, shimmering style. They're they're polished and and glisten as they go upward uh, on your left and on your right. Again, the hall continues to expand, but you can still see the, the walls to your left and to your right. And upon them, you now see pictures. Okay, you're not sure if they're paintings or mosaics or tapestries, but there are images uh, on the walls depicting stories and moments. And you recognize some of the characters. You see Banus and Duhas and Trujas and Genus as they do the things that you've heard of in the legends, right? There's Genus fighting off what seems to be the ocean or, or rebuilding mountains. You can see Banus breaking things and, yeah, and yeah, Truhas yeah. lending a hand. And of course, there's a, a fifth figure who is depicted with five horns and in multicolors that you are assuming will be the person you'll be meeting today. But there yeah, are countless yeah. of these journeys and, and stories on the sides. And as you continue to travel, you see that there are things hanging above you. Again, you don't know what they're connected to or if they're floating, but they're above you, and they are massive skeletons. Oh, As if you were in a museum, Uh, but these are, I mean, huge, just gigantic skeletons. Some of them, you can put two and two together, are most likely the skeletons of dragons. You can see the wings and the skulls with horns and teeth. I mean, these skulls are so big that you could comfortably sit, again, your whole party inside the mouth of these skulls. They are huge. But there are some skeletons that you do not recognize what they are. Maybe they are some kind of fish creatures, some kind of snakes. You're not sure, but they are all large and imposing. Maybe it's a hippopotamus. Have you seen those skeletons? You'd never know. It could be. It could be. Did you say they're hanging from the ceiling? Like by wires They're hanging or from the ceiling. Yeah. Okay, so they could be in like regular pose of what that creature would stand like or fly yes. like or any of those things. Exactly. Wow, okay, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. And again, because they're hanging above you, you're not actually quite sure how far away they are above <laughs> yeah. you. And so they could be much bigger than they even already appear. Jeez. As you guys are walking down this hall, uh, just quick, any thoughts from anyone in the party so far at the grandeur of this? 
Yeah, Eloise and Chris are both <laughs> having flashbacks to the dungeon in Tarif, just like mm. with the pillars extending into oh. nothing and like the mosaics and pictures on the walls. Very foreboding. Absolutely. I think the only thing that I can match to this is something that it would remind Rainer of is there was a interaction when Rainer was sort of magically brought into the realm of Mirjik in season one mm, to yeah. talk to him about like you need to go do X, Y, or Z or else uh, the story is going to kick into gear in a bad way, right? It's not even that similar, but I feel like the foreboding is similar because he was brought into this space of like you don't know where you are, you don't really know what's around you, but it's on a scale that you kind of almost can't comprehend, you know? Troubles fucking thinks this is the coolest shit ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's a gigantic, terrifying museum of natural history. This is the best. (laughs) You continue down this grand hall. uh, Grilta, she's present, I guess, and and Grorg are both just in awe, looking at everything. Oh, yeah. Eyes wide open and kind of trembling a little bit. How about Leroy? Leroy? Uh, he is again still, I think, on Grog's back. <laughs> um, so he's getting a backwards view, but he's just kind of looking around. I think he too is also, yeah, he would also be kind of just in, in awe of it. I, I, I wanted to do something snide and, and cheeky, but I don't think that would be happening. I think, I think he's also just kind of like, whoa. Okay. As you continue to walk, you quickly realize that the amount of space that you've been traveling and the size of this hall could not fit in the amount of mountain that you right. had left at the at the peak of this summit. Oh yeah. Eventually, you reach the end of this hall. And at the end, you see a grand throne. You're not quite sure how big it is because of, you know, maybe it's farther away than you actually think, but you know for a fact that it is way bigger than you are way bigger than three stories but the throne itself is magnificent it glimmers and it shines and the back of the throne extends upward into five just vertical columns just straight up again up into the never-ending ceiling and seated upon this throne is a humanoid figure you're not able to get much detail about their form. You, you know that they got two arms, two legs, a head. As they turn their head, you can see they do have a nose. But the only other defining shape about them is you can see that they have five horns that are woven together on the top of their head to look like some kind of crown. And then they extend upward to create the five vertical horns after weaving to create a, horn, uh, a crown. Wow, okay. But the reason you're not able to get much other details about their form is because they are so bright. They are radiating so much glory and and splendor. It's not like bright light, like Sim maybe was, you know, of of light. But there's just so much glory and status about this person that's just emanating from them that they seem to just be shimmering and glowing all the colors all at once, you know, maybe like mother pro wow. maybe like an oil slick but just like all the colors is so bright it is a lot to take in just the yeah. size and the grandeur and the stature of this individual that i'm actually going to need everyone Ooh, oh my to God. make a roll <laughs> um, okay. i'm gonna need everyone to roll fortitude difficulty is it gonna be five rainer you do get a boost <laughs> So I'm just gonna I'm gonna pause the timer because it's gonna yeah, be this a, is gonna a lot of rolls. Take a bit. So everyone failed with at least one disadvantage. Yeah. And so what's gonna happen is when you walk to the end of this hallway and just see the grandeur, you all fall to your knees. Sure. Yeah. You just have to. And if you got at least one disadvantage, which would be everyone, Man. you also just tears start <laughs> pouring out your eyes. It just Whoa. just the majesty of what you're seeing. Like you you are now understanding this being that we are facing no. is not some podunk spirit. This is not some run-of-the-mill guy. Whoever this person is, is a big deal. And it's at that point that Hainus steps forward a little bit, not to be directly in between you, but to kind of be to the side and, and gestures to the being that you're facing, and he says, I present to you the Lord of Title, the spirit of rank, the opulent horn, the grand lord. 
of the heinous pantheon, one of the five princes of Palado, the killer of the lover, heinous pentis. Heinous. When he says that name, it echoes and reverberates across this hall, as if the entire hall's acoustics were designed to echo this name. And I think that's at the point where, where the tears come, is, is when he says that name, <laughs> is, is when the tears fall. Oh. And you're not able to speak right away, which is probably for your benefit, to be honest. Can you give us an, a, a size? Are we talking comparable to Hainus, uh, bigger? Way bigger than Hainus. Much bigger, okay. The, the size comparison between you to Hainus is like Hainus to oh. Hainus Pentis. So oh, like, okay. He is even bigger than... Okay, yeah, that's a big guy. It's a big guy. And... Hainus Pentis sits up a little straighter in in his throne, and he says, Now, my fourth, it has been some time since you have come before my chamber. Who is it that you bring before me today with your, with your presence? Bring one of them before me. And Hainus turns to you, Rainer, and he says, Step forward. Damn, that tracks. Yeah, Rainer steps forward. As you step forward, again, I don't know if Rainer was planning on speaking right away, but you see Hainus Pentis lean forward, and it looks like he is maybe taking an inhale or like squinting and focusing on you. Again, you can't quite really see his face, but you can tell sure, that sure. he is now intently focusing on you. And as he does that, no pressure. you yeah. feel exposed, as if... You were naked, as if someone was was reading your Thanks. mind, reading your thoughts, as if you had no secrets, right? Ooh, yeah. You feel like someone is truly looking at you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as he does that, he then leans back and he goes, Ah, I see. Hainus Bjornsson, son of Bjorn Bjornsson of Goldard of Glenwood. The winner of the 2041 Sun Festival, Echomancer in training and hero of the writer. I have been expecting you. <sighs> Boy, what what to say first? I think he then asks, he straight up asks you a question. Yeah. What is it that you have come before me to bring? A request for aid. Ah, is this about the whole Mjordic situation? You're familiar. Yes, your uh, associate had already informed me some time ago. Oliver? <laughs> yes, that backstabbing twit was here. <laughs> and he um. asked me for assistance. I, of course, was intrigued as... I oppose music and everything it stands for, but I was unable to assist at the time. But he said that the hero would be visiting at some point, and I believe we have reached that point then, yes. Yeah, um... I think as he does that, as, as you're about to talk, he then sees the rest of the group and he says, And who are these other mortals? Does anyone else dare to step forward? <laughs> nope. I think it's fair that Rainer would take that as a question still directed at him. And I think he says, They're my friends. They have traveled with me and helped me get here. We've traveled the world and we've been sent around the world. But we've all made a decision to come here. I think he then turns and looks at... Let's see who he looks at. Eloise. He turns All and looks right. at Eloise, and she has that same feeling that, Rainer, you just felt. Feeling exposed, of feeling vulnerable, of feeling open. After he kind of takes a moment and, you know, inhales, and he goes, True Horse 5, Eloise Woodbridge, daughter of Hesha, sister of Bethilda, champion of the 2041 Sun Festival. I see the relation. Yes. Did he say relation? To you, fellow champion. Yeah, but also, she's my friend. They're all my friends. They've 
helped me and, and saved me more than once. They deserve to be here as much as I do. I think that deserves line. Genus, regular Genus, kind of looks at you and... Yeah, he just, just turns and looks at you funny. And Genus Pinda says, Now then, you had an offer. You are requesting aid against the plague that is magic, chaos, disorder, and the like. What are you offering for this aid? Yeah, I mean... Fuck it, in for a penny, right? Um, Rainer swallows and says, In return, I offer... Hmm. Hang on. I think Rainer is savvy enough to know that when he stepped in front of this god, the first thing that happened was an extreme sense that he does not have any secrets. Rainer changes his mind. He says, you already know, don't you? You know that I can't set you free. Genus Pentis uh, tilts his head and he says, I know who you are. That is what I know. (laughs) Damn cards on the table, Rainer. (laughs) I played my bet, and my bet was wrong. (laughs) calculation oh, was shit. made, but boy, am I bad at math. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, shit. you definitely see, you definitely see, like, Canis. He's, he, Ethan, like, Ethan, you told me that there were no secrets. <laughs> I said you felt that way. Oh, God, no. Oh, horrible <laughs> mistake. <laughs> Worst possible mistake. Okay, uh, this, alright, folks, let's, let's keep playing with the story. Fuck. And I think... That Genus Penta says, I know who you are, the hero of the writer. The emissary sent on his behalf to influence the story, to have his free will dangled all over the place. Hmm. And I know you have much responsibility here with that, which is why you were sent here. To parlay with me to see if you can do a better job than we did. <sighs> you have not answered my question. What is it you are <laughs> offering? Oh boy. Well now I can't say freedom. <laughs> <laughs> so that so, so so freedom's on the table. Just gonna So that's <laughs> Does does Rainer actually do that? Does he like Pause in his response. Oh, definitely, yeah. Okay. Then I think Canis Pentis, like, sighs. Boy, do you know what it is you are really even asking for? You say you request my aid, but in what way? Asking for your help in stopping Mirjik when he comes to Varden, or giving us the knowledge of how to destroy a spirit. We came to you because you're the only one who's done such a thing. Ah. Now the truth comes out. If you were asking for knowledge, I would have assumed you would have gone back to that deal-making worm in the gate, which you have already seemed to have frequented. But I suppose you cannot return, as you've already made your deal. Come to me, the killer of the lover, yes? Yeah. To me, yes. You are fighting a threat of which you have no way of defeating. A spirit of chaos nonetheless. And you had heard a story that I had killed another spirit. And you thought, ah, there we go. That's our answer. We shall just see how he did it. And we shall do the same. Surely that shall work, surely. <laughs> no one has ever thought to do something like this before. Damn. And so you sought out my lackey. And you see, like, Hainus kind of, like, like, doesn't like being called that. Mm. You sought him out, and you convinced him with some plan of yours to bring you before me to seek my aid. I would give it to you because you, you were the hero, because you would say something smooth and sly, and now you come to that moment... And your words falter. 
and, and you quake before my reference. You know, the betrayer had talked highly of you. He had said that you were... You were bold. That you, that you took risky actions. That you reminded him of me. I do not see the resemblance. Wow. And what of you others? And he then maybe turns to the rest. Do you all aspire to have this be your leader, your spokesman of sorts? And then maybe we'll have him look at Quiss. He then does the same thing, where, where he looks at him, he soaks it in, and he says, Infant Quiss, son wow. of Zed, the former avatar of Miojik, slayer of Conquist. What do you say about all this? You seem to have quite a dealing with Miojik himself. Are you fine with seeking the aid of another destroyer? I mean, <clears throat> I guess as, as long as nobody's losing their free will. It's <laughs> promising. That damage has already been done. Okay. <clears throat> Eloise steps up. I mean that metaphorically. I don't know if she actually stands up. But she looks at Rainer to, like, introduce her. She's she is she is leaning pretty heavily into this like ranking system, and so mm. like she's not oh I get the that. highest ranking person in the room. Yes, um, sure. Rainer will um, bow his head towards her slightly and take a step back. Yeah, she says, "We are all characters in the story, and if Mirjik does what he plans to do, there's no more story. There's no more us or you or." Anything. Imprisoned or not. That's it. That's it. Candace Pentis leans back, makes a little pyramid with his hands, and he says, So you are aspiring to my nature, Lord of Titan, Spirit of Rank. And you are saying that we are actually all on the same level here. That if Mjordjik comes, it's over for all of us. Spirit Human. Everyone. Is that right? Um, begging your pardon, the only equalizer is the ending of the story. And that ending is one of which we don't get to write. Well, one of us still has the liberty. And he turns to look at you, Rainer. Leroy. Yeah. In the In the previous episode... Rainer asked Leroy if he would be willing to let him take some of the special bread, and Leroy's answer was, when the time is right, if I know I can trust you. And Rainer looks at him and he says, do you trust me? (laughs) Um, Okay, we're rolling for this moment. Okay. This this is the moment I need to roll. Okay. Camaraderie. Sure. Difficulty will be three. Boost because of your long-term friendship with Leroy. And boost because you have not been an ass to him. (laughs) <laughs> Even though he's admitted to betraying you. Okay, I've got my camaraderie stat, which is two green, one yellow. I've got two boosts, and I've got a difficulty of three. Is that correct? That's correct. I've been having you not roll against Hannes Pentis because it would be a guaranteed loss. Yeah. Because <laughs> it would be a five. So. We have three successes. Give it to me. One disadvantage. Perfect. Fuck you. Oh my gosh, you've given me a resource, and let's use it. Okay, you will succeed in what you're wanting, him to give you the bread. Okay. So he will turn to you, just kind of in this moment, because again, he's been facing back, so he hasn't seen... He hasn't seen Hindus Pentis this whole time? Yeah, because he's been on Gorg's back. (laughs) Oh my god, and Gorg Gorg is way too distracted to to consider, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I neither. That's funny. And so he then sees... You and he sees Janus Pentis and he kind of again freezes for just a moment. Um, and when he's kind of frozen up like that, Rainer tries to get his attention. He says, Leroy, do you trust me? And then he like has been looking at Janus Pentis and he looks at you and he says, Yes, my hero. And he pulls Ooh. out some bread and then hands it to you. Oh, I don't know if I like well, that. That's yeah, a, that's a disadvantage. <laughs> that's a disadvantage. <sighs> God, he gives you the bread, feel, feel dirty. Yeah, um, yeah, he eats it. 
Okay. And he looks... Like a, like a small amount or like a, a good bite? Oh, man. If I can eat some of it now and still have some, that's ideal. Yeah, yeah. he gives you like a half loaf. Like, he just gives oh, you a shit. whole okay, yeah. chunk. Yeah, no, if I can still have some for later if I need it in other situations, that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I look at Heinous Pentis. That's the first thing I look at. Yeah. All right. Fuck it. <laughs> Let's go. Episode 40. Let's go. Yeah, episode 40. You look forward and you see a string connected to Heinous Pentis. You see a string connected to Heinous, a string connected to every other person in this room. Rainer blurts out what he's thinking because what he's seeing is so shocking to him that he doesn't even think quickly, oh, maybe I should be careful or reserved in how I say this. He immediately says, how could you kill the lover if you are bound by the writer's strings? <laughs> I think I think there's a moment where you see like Heinous himself is yeah. like tense, right? He's he, he looks like he's about to like attack you for that. And Heinous Pentis is also thrown back. Everyone else is thrown back by just this this outburst that you say. Oh yeah. But then And Rainer has like a good couple of seconds before his brain catches up and realizes, oh okay. I just As I say all this, <laughs> you see everyone's strings being tugged a little bit as I describe them. Okay. Right? Okay. You know, when I describe Heinous getting a fighting position, you see his string tugged on him. When Heinous Pentis steps, you know, is, is shocked, you see it tugged on him. And as he talks, as Heinous Pentis talks, you see his string moved as if, you know, like someone's pulling on the other end. It's, it's twitching a little bit. Yeah. And you see him say, Heinous Rainer, do you know what makes a spirit? No. This will assist you in your upcoming quest of defeating Mjolnir. So sit down and listen, for this is important. Shit, okay. A spirit is composed of five parts. Of course. <laughs> the first is the force or the power of a spirit. Their magical abilities to know things, to make stuff, to fly, to teleport. Their powers. This force is easily removed. If you know the right spells or incantations to trap them, to drain it from them, this is nothing. The second is their form, their body, their shape, what they look like. The six-armed cow, the flowing ink, a beast. These can also be destroyed, though with some effort. This is what the vast majority of our spirit war was about, killing each other's forms, in hopes that it would take them quite a while to find a new one. Okay. This is something you could do, though it would only delay the efforts of Mjolnir. The third is the face. This is a spirit's identity, their name, their rank. Their self-awareness that they are a spirit. Take this away, and they know nothing. They could be any creature living on this world, not knowing who they are. And I was gifted the great ability to give and assign rank and title to every spirit on this land. The grace of the writer upon my defeat. This is something you could not destroy. You would need... Someone like myself. Someone of high authority to take and to give the face of a spirit. God, that is... I forgot we had a bit of lore at some point that was like... Someone out there could be a spirit who's had their like memories and identity taken mm -hmm. away from them, and they would not know it. I completely forgot that was the thing. That's what I was thinking about Abiel for the longest time. <laughs> Turns out I was kind of kind of right, but you not, were shockingly not quite close to being correct about that. <laughs> we were thinking. The fourth is free will. This is again something you should be very familiar with. Wait, 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 wait. This can be taken away from a spirit. And this is truly what the Spirit's War was about. For whoever won, the Spirit's War became the Adafelon, the one who chose, who truly had free will in this world. 
And as you can see... And he gestures, like, above. We lost. And it was taken away from all of us. No longer having the ability to act as our own. And so you ask, why did I kill the lover if I have no free will? The answer is, I did. Holy and shit. And as my punishment, I have not been able to speak or act on my own accord ever since. So though you hear words from my mouth, know that they are truly not mine. Wow. And of course, the final part of the spirit is their fay, their soul. This is different from anima, which can go away and come back. The fay cannot be destroyed. And trust me, we tried. <laughs> this is what we say when a spirit cannot be killed. You cannot destroy their fay. You can take away their powers, their force. You can destroy their body, their form. You can even remove their face, their identity. And this is what we mean when I say that I killed the lover. I did these three things to her. She knew not who she was. She had no body. She had no abilities. And then, of course, there is the free will, which only one has the ability to remove. I could not take this away from her, even with my great strength. And her fay lived on. Shoved into that crooked crystal that gives life to this whole world. That is where she is now. No, stop. The. Rainer says it in character, yeah. The heart of Anima? The one in the same. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is where she resides now, in her own prison of sorts. Or maybe a casket. If you dare be as poetic. A cocoon, if you will. <laughs> the writer is only the writer because he won it. Exactly. I don't know what to do with this information. Um, <laughs> This is fantastic, but also unhelpful. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. It, it, it is so unimaginably big for what Rainer has been thinking about and worrying about that I don't know where to begin... I think, again, as he's talking, you've been seeing the cords dangling and just twitching and dancing, as, as Leroy said. And he says to you, Hennis Radar and company, you have come to me asking for my aid to fight against the chaos of Mjolgic, who I oppose as the spirit of rank. And you have offered me nothing in return. Other than to aspire to my own nature. But I think you now maybe know the truth. I have no choice in the matter. But the writer still likes to put on a charade of a story. And you must present something, a, a reason for my motives to have been convinced. Whether it be persuasion... Or a deal, or a bribe. But at the end of the day, I will do what the writer tells me to do, just as well, just as you have felt this whole time. But ultimately, you do not have to do what he says. You do not have to make any deals of any sort. You do not need to re respond to his actions. This is what makes you so intriguing. Uh, it's a gamble. Quiz says, why... Did you do what you did to the lover? Why did I kill her? Strip her of her face? Yeah. We were in war, boy. And it had been a long war. And the lover and the writer, they were entwined. Like me and the other four princes. And to defeat one would be to weaken the other. And in a sense I did. I stripped the writer of all love that he had known. But of course, this backfired greatly, for it removed any sort of balance or control that he had and unleashed a monster. Wow, okay. Okay, so, um... <clears throat> Nurjik's whole deal is that he's going to destroy the heart of Anima, and I think he thinks 
that that's going to work in his favor. But if the lover is truly inside the heart of Anima, then won't destroying it release the lover and therefore be a benefit to everybody? This is where your logic finds fault. The heart of Anima existed before I killed her. Anima and magic has been a predominant law of this world. To break it, to destroy it, to end its control, would mean the end of its rule and its laws. What would do to her as a being? That I cannot say. Has she been able to recover a new form inside? Has her face returned? Does she know who she is? What has the writer done about her free will I do not know? And why he has kept her there? I cannot answer either. Rainer says, I said that I can't help you. I said that I can't set you free. To be more precise, I do not know if there's a way I can help you or if there's a way I can set you free. But if I'm the hero and if I am truly not bound by the writer... There must be some way. There must be something. Has anyone broken the strings? Has anyone found a way before the war, perhaps, even? Okay. Okay. Genus Pentis, uh, when you say before the war, he says, You are speaking of times and places of which you will not be able to comprehend now. I see your mind shaking even at the revelations I have shared with you today. You are not prepared for those answers. Oh my god. But, <laughs> you bring up a worthy point of your freedom, of your lack of shackles. Could you use that to free another? I do not know if you could free me from this tether, but... You could free me from this prison, for truly, no one of your caliber has ever tried. So, what's what's stopping you from just walking out the door? What's keeping you here? <laughs> I th I think. Great question, yeah. Uh, I I think he kind of like pauses, and he goes, "I I cannot." And I I think he's you you kind of this whole time he's been big. And like, you know, proud and, and glorious. Yeah. But you, you, he kind of, you catch him off guard with that. He's like, I, I, I can't. I just, I don't know. This is getting weird. And like, even, even Echenus is like, looking back and forth at this. And <laughs> he's like, ah, because of your, you have been bound to this prison. With, with what, though? By what? The walls surrounding you confine your reverence. And, and, so, and so you can't. This is... Well, this this seems... Um, <sighs> could we... If, if I may... I mean, do you want to stand up and, like... We'll start walking and then you can start walking too and we'll just kind of see... What happens? Rainus Pentis then, like, turns to you, Rainer, and he says, What do you say, hero? Huh, that's an interesting answer. Rainus Pentis said, I don't know, at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Rainer's gonna play Mother's Lullaby. Um, at the beginning of this show... We specifically said that the effect of this song, the magical effect of this song, is recalling fond memories. And I have a suspicion that there's something Genus Pentis has forgotten. I don't know what it is yet. I have a suspicion that Nathan doesn't either. <laughs> Do it. And I think it, 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 it struck me as so odd and interesting that... His response was to ask me what I think is the hero. So I'm going to play that. This is this is your best stat, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's two green, two yellow. Difficulty's going to have to still be five. Okay. Do you want anything else? Because I personally yeah. like this. 
Okay. Get a boost. Oh, I love that. Um, is anyone doing anything game-wise to help Rainer with this? Like what? <laughs> That's a good question. Just Gorg. I don't have, like, buff moves to give people boosts and stuff. I mean, Eloise could try and, like, play along. There's no way this can benefit me. It can only make me regret saying it later. But is there any chance you want one of them to be red? I'm just, for some no. reason... No. Not on this one. Uh, I just for some reason decided I don't want to be happy, and I hate <laughs> doing good things in this game. I don't know if I can tell you why my brain wanted to ask that. My rule is, if I can't think of what the red is, I can't give you a red. Oh, uh, I think that's fair. So many that's of these my... are blank. Before I say it, uh, for sure there's no other ones I'm rolling, correct? Yeah. Okay. You've got two more purples for Jake right, to add. Right, but I want oh, to hear what God, he's got you're first. Wrong. <sighs> what do you What do you have, Jamie? Three successes. The rest canceled out. We have two failures and a disadvantage. <laughs> okay. Which means... <laughs> so it succeeds. It's a success with, with a, a disadvantage. disadvantage. It could not be closer Whatever to failing. Means. It succeeded by the skin of its teeth. It was so close. We just succeeded on a, on a difficulty five roll, guys. That actually oh is shocking gosh. when you put it that way, yeah. I gotta figure out what that means. Um, Hold on, guys. We'll be right back. We gotta figure out what the fuck that means. Jamie, put some elevator okay. music in. <laughs> okay. You play Mother's Lullaby. And again, the acoustics of the room amplify it. It reverbs. And it reaches Hanus Pentis's ears. Right? It, it, it gets up to him. For lack of a and better word, we're gonna say ears. Yeah. It reaches his, his presence, his aura, right? Yeah. yeah. And he stops and we don't need to say what those memories are right it doesn't yeah. he doesn't say them out loud this isn't careless yeah. whisper although but you I have no idea how tempting it was to do careless whisper but i wanted the scene to be dramatic damn it <laughs> and he pauses as just during the entirety of the song he just listens and as you end he says thank you i have been around for Longer than you know to count. Hmm. And I have only been recalling the memories of war, of turmoil, of outcast, of betrayal, of losing one's home. Brad forgotten. Even before that, even before mine own mistakes that there were good memories. I'd forgotten what I fought for. I've forgotten what I sought to recreate here. But I do believe the purpose of your playing this tune was to remind me of why and how I was in bondage. And I do not say this to mean you have failed, but I say this because I do not think there is an answer. I do not know why I am bound here. I lost. I paid my penance to organize all the spirits. And I was bound here. And I never left. But I don't know why. Well, I think I do know why. Because the writer didn't write that I did leave. <sighs> I'm going to keep that disadvantage for myself. I hope everyone listening is aware that Nathan has done that like four times recently. Like, kept squandered. He's uh, not them squandered. Up like triumph points. Yeah, yeah. He's like <laughs> hoarding them like a dragon. Like, he's going to unleash them all at some like point. Like a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If only there was a way for Rainer to like transfer his free will or like, yeah. like somehow. Oh, I don't have a triumph play either because I used it up on the fucking. Heinous fight, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. Like, like yeah. Rainer is only able to influence the world so far as his own actions, right? And so, if only there was a way to extend that influence of his free will to another person, in order to cause them to do something that they would not have been able to do on their own, you know? I think he has done that. Canis Pentis then says to you, Rainer, and he says, You came seeking for my help in defeating Mjogic. You came with no 
offer. But now, you mention my freedom. Do you give it to me? Okay, now that's a fascinating question coming from someone who is fully aware that I can't do that. So, that in mind, Rainer, even though he doesn't fully understand, says, Yes, I grant you freedom from the writer's bondage. Oh, okay, an interesting word. You worded that. Could I propose a new move? For? For Rainer. What's the move? The move is... I don't, I don't know, I don't know a good catchy name for it, but basically it's just that. It is using his, or extending his free will and influence to change somebody else's purpose or, or to, to like temporarily lift the writer's control from them or like, you know what, like, like not, not editing or, but like somehow like Rainer's own free will is able to cause things to happen that mm-hmm. wouldn't happen without him being there. Does Rainer have the ability to just, like, make more fucking free will people all over the place? Up until tonight, I sure didn't think so. <laughs> I'm going to say this. Yeah. Let's roll some dice. I love it. I love it. We'll see We'll see what happens. Yeah, okay. What final dice roll for the episode, what, folks? What should I roll? Roll three greens and two yellows. All right. And difficulty... Uh, it's going to be difficulty five, definitely a red. Love Actually, it. you know what? Two reds. Okay, so so three purples and two reds. Okay, yep. okay, so I don't need I don't need anyone else to roll anything except an extra red. I'll roll correct? a red for that's you. Correct. Okay, and I've got my three green and two yellow, and that's everything. Yeah, that's it. Okay, throw some dice. Throw some dice. This is awesome. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I really like it. Big moves, kids. Guys, you're not gonna believe me. I might. Because. I have said more than once on this podcast that I am really, truly curious to see what happens when the red hits the bad one, the Uh-oh. oh no, and it is laughable to think that that would just happen to be the case on the most important encounter with the biggest spirit in the story so far, and it is even sillier to think that that might just happen to happen after I said in this episode, I kind of want one of them to be a red just to see what fucking... Guys, I think Rainer might die. Um, I'll count up the rest of them. I'll, I, I'll count them up. Oh, you got one more red over here, too. We also have one more red over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's also an oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first thing is two advantages. Okay. <laughs> Next thing, three successes. Okay. And then the oh, no. Success and two advantages and the oh no, and then also... A disadvantage. Okay, so they just have one advantage. with one advantage and the oh no. How does that factor in... Does that, does that in addition to being the oh no, does that also, like, uh, neutralize an advantage or anything like that? So an oh no technically counts as a failure. So just okay. remove one of the successes. So you still succeed overall with one advantage, and also still... Something very bad happening. Okay. Which? <laughs> okay. I don't yes. think you should be allowed to use music laughs when you're not being music. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be illegal. <laughs> First, oh no. Canis Pentis stands up. And then a little, you a see... little bit of poop comes out and he gets really embarrassed. What? You see... That's, oh no. <laughs> That's the oh no. <laughs> no. Uh, oh. You see that Hainus, regular old Hainus, is also surprised by this. Hainus Pentis starts walking forward and gestures to you to start walking as well. You being Rainer? Yes. Okay. And the party. Walking forward as in walking Back through the hall the, and yeah. I would follow him, or walking forward as in I would walk forward to meet him? Uh, gesturing like, let's, let us walk okay. out. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rainer will follow that and... Follow Hainus Pentis, I suppose. Chase that bliss. You all start, start walking, walking out of the... Start walking out of the hall. The way you came past the, the columns and the skeletons and the paintings and pictures. 
Grorg, still silent. <laughs> hasn't said a word. Grilta, still silent. Hasn't said anything. The rest of my characters, same. Just... <laughs> you reach the end of the hall. Do you walk out? Yeah, so we're at the entrance? You're at the entrance. Yeah. Yeah, Rainer walks out. <laughs> Rainer walks out. Uh-huh. Canis follows, along with the rest of your party. Jake, I'm, I'm assuming what? Eloise and Quiz walk out. Uh, yeah. What is happening? They walk out. Canis Pentis walks out of the room. This whole time, Rainer, uh, I think uh, I should have said yeah, this. Yeah, can I still see the cords or has it worn off? Yes, I think this will be the end of that effect okay. for now. But I was going to say earlier, should have said this at the top. It's my bad. But when you had said these words, I gave you permission to move. You saw the cord move, but it didn't look as if it was being tugged. It looked as if someone had, like, hit it from the side. <laughs> oh no But oh, the cord no. The cord is still there yep. As you walk out of the cave But it looked as if It was being tugged from the side As if someone was like Pulling it from the actual center Of the string instead of from the top And when he walks out of the cave Which again you You're not quite sure how he fit out of it Because he was far grander than this entrance was but as you step out and you turn, you see him emerging out and then almost look as if he was standing beside the mountain, like leaning against the mountain itself. The whole mountain? The whole mountain. The whole mountain itself. Oh. So now he's he's very big. It's... He's very big. Oh, yeah. And his crown extends up into the heavens themselves. Oh, no. And he glows and he radiates outward. It's a success. <laughs> the advantage will be... That he does not eat us. Yeah. He turns... Okay. Cue, cue some music here. He turns down to you guys and he says... Hero of the writer, I am forever grateful to you. I believe this is a fair exchange for my assistance in the destruction of Mjurgic to cease his tirades once and for all, to not pause his attack or delay it to another century, but to end him once and for all, to finalize his story, my freedom. In exchange for that, I think it is fair. The advantage. The oh no. I toyed with the idea of having him, like, rip off the mountain top itself. Or start destroying the land around. But I, I don't think that's... I don't think that's big enough. <laughs> I think with the oh no, Rainer, you see the cords extending up straight up into the sky itself, right? There's right. there's no ceiling blocking you. Right. And you see the hand that is tugging the string on the top. I don't love that. Does it look like okay. the master hand from Super Smash Bros? <laughs> um, it's still far away, so like you can't get any like actual details, but you see there's a hand. Yeah. Yeah, the arm itself, you know, fades off into just distance, right? You can't, it's too far away. Right, right, right. You right. see that hand... You'll give it a little tug, and the hand itself twists and turns to you and gives you a big middle finger.
Hey there, Questies. It's me, Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to episode 40 of season 3. Yes, we're at episode 40, which officially means that season 3 is going to be the longest season yet, which obviously is not a shocker to anyone. A couple of announcements. The first one is that, Jake, you were wrong. Uh, I googled how tall a three-store building is, and while one story, if you Google it, it does say 14 feet, if you Google a three-store building, it says around 30 feet. So, I was right. Suck it. Uh, more importantly, the Gorf Ball Tournament, if you're listening to this episode, um, any amount of time, more than like a day after it came out, this is not relevant. But if you're listening to it on the Friday it came out, we're having the Gorf Ball Tournament tomorrow. That's Saturday, September 10th. Yes, I forgot my dates right. The 10th uh, at 5 p.m. Uh, in Fridley. Come join us. I'm really excited to play the game, and I'm really excited to go and get dinner with whoever shows up afterwards. That's going to be fun, too. Uh, again, head to our website, kqpodcast.com. Click the Gorfa button and let us know you're going to be there. Register. Otherwise, we're going to be like, ah, oh, no one's coming. And then uh, we'll just get dinner without anybody. That'll be fun, too. But let us know. We got trophies. And you could win it. Or I could win it. Who knows? Gorfball. kqpodcast.com. See you there. Um, while you're at kickypockets.com, you can click on that Patreon button. You know the drill. Go to Patreon. Support us. Your donations, your funds, keep this show going and help us take it to another level of excellence. I want to give a shout out to all of our patrons for your continued support. We're so grateful that you keep giving um, month after month. Seriously, that means a lot to us. And an extra big shout out to our better tier patrons, Lauren Grace, Mike, Lowell, long may he reign, and those dang high elves again. I spiced up that order on you. If you want to join their ranks, again, go to kqpodcast.com, click the Patreon button, or go to patreon.com slash kqpodcast. There, if you join our lower tier, you can join the Discord, where we have lots of memes and lots of discussions and theories about things. The middle tier has a lot of bonus episodes, like last month's, which was a deep dive onto the Keeper of the Gate and her explorations in the desert and hunting Azamites and... Other dark secrets in the sand. It was one that me and Jamie did. It was a lot of fun. Very dramatic. And I loved it. I thought it was a great episode. And people seem to be enjoying it too. And plus, hours of other content. Go check it out. And of course, the better tier rank, you get stickers and shoutouts. So, that's very, very cool stuff. Again, thank you to everyone. Check it out. If you can't give, don't worry about it. We're just glad you're here. Now, you might be sitting here going, Nathan, I'm all cut up with Night's Quest. What else should I listen to? I need some more actual play content in my life. And actually... I like the game Night's Quest, but I need some good old-fashioned Dungeons and Dragons. Well, then I have the show for you. Check this out. Mr. Witch and Mr. Light have an agreement with a group of hags who call themselves the Hourglass Coven. You see, they can come and go into the Witchlight Carnival as they please to steal from naughty patrons. But what happens when those patrons come back years later looking for those lost things? Find out as Wizards and Wine takes on the wild beyond the witchlight. Two tables playing through the same adventure. One table more thoughtful, kind, and bold in their actions. The other table more decisive, more adventurous, a little more prone to taking risks. The actions of each table influences the gameplay of the other. Find out how it all shakes out with Wizards and Wine, the wild beyond the witchlight. You can catch the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, and you can catch the live stream on Mondays. Find us on YouTube and Facebook. We hope to see you at the carnival very soon. Yeah, you got to go check out Wizards and Wine. It is a blast. They have tons of episodes. Their most recent season is them exploring the D&D campaign, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Now, for the few of you who listen to this show and are also my D&D campaign, that we're going to be playing The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Maybe don't listen to those episodes because there'll be spoilers. Everyone else, go ahead and listen to it. Or you can check out their other content. They've got some stuff. They've got like two other seasons. They do the Tomb of Annihilation. It's, that's a lot of good stuff. So head on over there. They also have live streams too on their Facebook and as I said, their YouTube. So you can check those out too if you like visuals. I know people are always like, Nathan, where's the visuals? And we're like, we can't, but they can't. So again, uh, Wizards and Wine, check it out. Oh, and I got to give the gold star this week to Kelly for putting the idea in my head that we need to create a Night's Quest wiki. She posted on the Facebook saying, yo, why isn't there a Night's Quest wiki? I need this. And I was like, bruh, yeah, we should make that. And so I did. I made one and I got a couple pages on there, but I realized 
creators aren't supposed to edit their own wiki. Very taboo. Not supposed to do it. So, while I've gotten the skeleton created, I need you guys, the fans, to fill this wiki with as much information as you can. So, if you have any experience editing wikis before, or you're like, yo, that sounds like something I want to do. I've got all this knowledge. I think it's a really easy platform to learn. There's a little bit of a learning curve, but you can do it on how to make edits. But anyone can do it. Absolutely anyone can edit this wiki. So if you go online and you search for knights-quest.fandom.com, you'll find it. If you search Knights Quest wiki, you'll find this like random video game wiki. And that's a problem. Ours should come up first. So we, <laughs> we need everyone to go to that website, make some edits, add some stuff. It doesn't even need like fully fleshed out. Just put something on there. As you can see, there's not there's hardly anything. So add some stuff to the wiki. Let's flush that out. Let's make it the first search result. And let's make it be a helpful resource for future fans or current fans who are struggling what to do. So yeah, we got a wiki. Go check it out. Okay, that is... All I've got for you today, the next episode is going to be out on September 23rd, and we're going to keep it moving with this story. We are barreling ever closer to the finale. We're not there yet, but we're getting closer. And yeah, may your place in his story be long. No, I I would agree with Jamie. The energy Mm. and our warming up was uh, a silly one. So Mm. folks, I don't know what that's going to mean for what's about to happen. No one can say for sure. Only be good. Only be good things for, for this. <laughs> you have to keep listening to find out, to solve That's the mystery of what fresh bullshit awaits us. It's a choose your own adventure, but every page just sends you to the page that says, all right, here we go. <laughs> every book is a choose your own adventure if every page just leads you to the next page. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my you god, I'm a genius. <laughs> my entire outlook on books has changed in this one moment. There's so much... Stop. But what does that say about free will? It's like, oh, every book is a choose-your-own-adventure. You can choose to keep reading. <laughs> if somebody in the world of or Night's not. Quest stood up and said every book is a choose-your-own-adventure book, they would be burned at the stake for heresy. I definitely think someone probably said that. You can the, just like, skip to page 50. No one's stopping you. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's so true with a book. You can just start oh, wherever. Yeah. No one's making you Why start Why don't more beginning. people do that? Why don't people, more people pick up a book, read the last page, say, I did it, and then put down the book? Yeah, yeah I, you're, I accomplished the goal, right? You're going to let a fucking book tell you how to read? <laughs> Speed read. <laughs> I've read every book now. I'm so good. No, um, this is Night's Quest. This is damn. This is this is gonna be an episode. Okay. Earlier today, I was earlier today no, I was texting no, my no boyfriend, no, and starting. at some point, the conversation guided me to say everything in the universe is either a real duck or a fake duck, and that's that's been sticking with me all evening, and I feel is, like it's really is, helped me unlock. The Bro, mysteries is, of love life. That is from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, except I think it was potato. <laughs> yeah, so, everything is either a potato or not a potato. Yeah, oh, so damn it. Congratulations. This You have not thought of something new. All right, so good job. Wow. Maybe read a oh book. <laughs> Maybe you should read the middle of the book. <laughs> so just the last a book page. At page 50. Oh, my God. I think that was like the whole chapter, too. It was like a one-page mm. chapter in the book about everything being a potato or not a potato. I believe it. Okay. I like mine better. Yeah, okay. All right. So, we're we're Night's Quest. This episode 40 of season 3.